Hey everybody, Bill St. James at the Aerosmith concert. Traffic's jammed out there, so if you're stuck in your car on your way to this concert, don't worry, we've got you covered. Yeah, soon as I find a ladder, I'll be right up. Mm-hmm. All stations, outer lock is now open. Stand by to launch camera drones. W, w Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 682. And together, as we have been since 2005, we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks movies, Star Wars, Marvel, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video, events, blog, and more. Please be sure to join the community, subscribe to the podcast, and find everything else at www.radio.com. I'll open up the inbox again this week and answer your questions about everything from the best way to do the monorail crawl, plus DAC snacks, four parks in five days, Galaxy's Edge Easter eggs, running, America, the Yeti, and your Marvel Primer. Stay tuned for our Disney trivia question of the week, more updates, and your voicemails at the end of the show. And if you like what you hear, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. In my continuing effort... Going back to 2004 to help enhance your enjoyment and appreciation of the Disney parks, I'm going to turn to you again this week to help with planning, history, tips, and more as I open up the inbox. And like Radio Shack in the 1990s, you've got questions, we've got answers, and joining me once again is someone who, unlike me, based on that obscure, antiquated reference, is not still holding on to the past like her tattered blockbuster video card. I want to welcome wow. back Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse <laughs> Fan Travel. I never had a, a blockbuster card. Honestly, I, I didn't. I go <laughs> to the store, the movies come to me, was Becky's philosophy in the 90s. Why, why do I always step in it every time there's oh, no way around it? sure do. But listen, I know. I, we, have to get, we have to get right into it. Whatever it was yeah, we stepped do. in. And I'm going to go from one obscure reference in the 90s to one that you listening will probably get, but Becky still won't. Here's to the future, and you, RCA, leads the way. No? It doesn't matter. Let's get into no, I the what questions. You're talking about. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not think that you were going to under, to, to get this one. I, as I always do, Becky, I'm, going to, I'm literally going to open up the inbox, reach into the mailbag, and grab one out. It's always scary. It is always it, 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 very, very scary. frightening to me. So uh, <laughs> this one comes from Joey, who says, hey, Lou, my name is Joey Harmon. I'm a recent listener to the podcast. Welcome to the family. I'm going to be going to Walt Disney World in August with several friends to celebrate my upcoming graduation from grad school. Congratulations. One of the main things we want to do is the monorail crawl. Approximately what time in the night would you recommend we begin if we intend on being up bright and early for a park day the following morning? In addition, do you recommend going in a specific order? Thank you for the time and have a great day. Sincerely, Joey. Becky, I know you hear this question and are saying this one is right up my alley because you heard monorail crawl. You interpret that as going from bar to bar to bar. He Clearly. does not specify that. Um, I hear crawl. I don't think drink or lounge, but I interpret it as a resort crawl and maybe mm -hmm. all of the different things that they have to offer. Yeah. There's all kinds of options to go from resort to resort to resort, especially when it's different seasons. So he didn't say when he was going, correct. And, and of course that the monorail isn't going shows the danger of just reaching into the, <laughs> into the mailbox. Clearly. Uh, he said he's going in August. So this is August. Actually, okay. This is actually perfect. What he doesn't say is, where he's staying, um, and I'm thinking in terms of <clears throat> convenience for him in terms of getting to or from. But let's sort of start at the beginning. He says, what time should we begin the crawl? He's got to get up early. Again, because I'm thinking that there is a lot to do 
And by do in Lou Mangello world, that means to eat and snack on. Yeah. I think that you could really almost make this a half day into evening affair without, you know, sort of stumbling home at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. It's if you'd started um, at, at one location, right? Because you're pretty much going to go to three resorts and called Magic Kingdom or and stop two we? if you want to. This is true. <laughs> if you start at the TTC and work your way around, you have all kinds of snack opportunities, all kinds of beverage opportunities, all kinds of just exploring the resort opportunities. So I think that you're not too far off the track to say a half day scenario where say, for example, a late lunch, you begin at the Polynesian because if you get on the TTC, say that you're taking your bus from wherever you are to the TTC, hop on the monorail and go to the Poly first, that's a great place to start your adventure with a wonderful lunch, either at one of the um, at one of the resorts, or sorry, at one of the uh, restaurants at the resorts. But the um, grab and goes got some pretty good stuff there too. By the way, Becky has never ever grabbed nor gone, but <laughs> I agree with you. So let's All just for time. hypothetical purposes, let's say you start at the <clears throat> Polynesian. Uh, I agree. I think uh, Captain Cook's outside mm -hmm. is a great place to get a snack. Certainly, if you're going to do a, a crawl, you've got to try and get into Trader Sam's. I think getting there early and trying to get in as soon as it opens is your, without a doubt, your best bet. Um, if you do want to partake in some of the beverages that either the lounge or even upstairs at Tambu has to offer, um, there's a lot of things to sort of eat as well as snack on. I think while you're there, I would also get a Dole Whip. So not only are That's what you, I was thinking. Yeah, you got to get a little bit of sugar and sort of nice way to punctuate the day. If you go to, well, I, we'll have to sort of follow the, if you're going to take the monorail loop, you're going to go from the Polynesian to um, uh, Grand Floridian. Grand Floridian. I think this is a resort that you should spend. I think all the resorts, you also need to give yourself a little bit of time to just sort of wander around and do some exploring in. I think there's a lot to sort of see and do in Grand Floridian. If you're timing this right and you're going in the early evening, I would almost go for a pre-dinner at Enchanted Rose, have a little cocktail, oh, yeah. maybe a little nosh um, inside Enchanted Rose. It's that's a really nice place. I mean, you can we have for a live show, we sat there for hours, not just because of the show, but just sort of snacking on some of the appetizers and Becky sort of drank her way through the menu. <laughs> well, okay. If I drank my way through, I had, I think two that day because, you know, sometimes you need alcohol to, <laughs> to deal with Luma Jello, but um, that has so many, what I love to do at the Grand Florida more than anything is sitting in the lobby and just people watching and listening to the piano player and kind of taking that all in. So, um, yeah, I think that if you really spend the time, I, I was kind of going through those those two resorts in my brain thinking, how long would I spend at each as well? And I like that pre-gaming idea, clearly. Um, if you were spending an hour to an hour and a half at a place you had a meal, you're still looking at maybe four or five hours for this entire adventure all the way around, right? So that pre-gaming of dinner at Grand Floridian is not a bad idea. Well, I'm going to throw a little, um, a, a wonderful little wrench into it. And I'm going to put a little asterisk at the end of the monorail crawl because you're going to go for, if you follow Becky's trajectory, you start at Polynesian, say four o'clock, right? You have a late lunch. You sort of make, you're there for a couple of hours. You make your way over to Grand Floridian. You're there walking around, spending some time, maybe an hour or so in Enchanted Rose. If you time it right, you can then, end up at the contemporary walk around for a little while if you want to go walk into Ste steakhouse 71 maybe have a little if you really want to go crazy you can have a little <laughs> snack uh, you can pre-game your dinner there because hopefully you're able to get a reservation up at the california grill for dinner if you can't you can sometimes walk up to the lounge and have right. access to the full menu up there too and if you time it just right you can take in the uh, enchantment fireworks. fireworks on the um, on the balconies outside, and the reason why I said to add a little asterisk is because your fun doesn't end there, Becky, because you think that's just the perfect way to punctuate the night, and it is until you go downstairs and you go down to the marina and you take a boat 
over to Wilderness Lodge and maybe you hang oh, out you're and really sort of finish off the night over at Geyser Point. You sit outside, you sort of recap the day, you look out over the water. If you time that really, really, really well, and you've got to be somewhat fast, you might even catch the electrical water pageant. And that could be the way that you end your little monorail crawl day. That that was an unexpected, really good addition of pulling in the wilderness lodge. If I, didn't I will want to break admit, my mic, I would drop it on the floor. <laughs> because yeah, that because that's a great place for a nightcap. I loved. We sat out there yeah. um, one evening and had a little bit of late night nosh and and a couple of beverages to tie up the night. So yeah, not bad. I think it can be done. I think it, it that would be actually a really fun way to spend five hours or so with your closest friends um, on the monorail going around. It's a lot of entertainment and a lot of food and a lot of fun. It's a, it's a long day, but absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long, I'm thinking about all the but, places I would eat. It's a, such a delicious day. And if maybe, they're saying that they need maybe, to get up early, we'll do that. Maybe we'll wow. do a live monorail crawl one day while you're here. Show them how it's done. <gasps> no, but we'll we'll do an abbreviated version because I don't want to go live for like eleven hours again. But wait, we, remember we've wait, done we'll a forty-hour show. We'll before? do a live monorail crawl. We stop at each of the of the resorts. We get a little nosh, a little snack, and we'll again we'll tie in and try and time it appropriately. So we'll catch fireworks. We'll catch the water pageant. We're going to do that one Wednesday night while you're here. That would be awesome. As a matter of fact, you were talking about uh, um, ending there at Wilderness Lodge. I'd be thrilled to be able to do that. And if they ended there, they're still going to make it back to the resort in time to get enough sleep to get up the next morning and have a fabulous day. Or if they didn't tell me where they were staying, if they're staying at Wilderness Lodge, it would just be even better. That's even better. If only there was someone, anybody <laughs> no. who could help them book a vacation to Wilderness Lodge, it would be Mouse Fan Travel. All right, I said we were going to quickly, and we're 10 minutes in. All right, Marciano Sturgeon <laughs> says, hey, Lou, first of all, just wanted to say I've been utterly addicted to listening to your podcast on Spotify. Thank you for quite a minute now. And I just wanted to both thank and congratulate you on all that you've done, especially throughout the past year with all the hardships going on throughout the world. Thank you. I've been with my girlfriend for about six years now, going on seven in August. Congratulations. And I've come to learn that in that time, she has never left Texas except for one trip to Colorado and to move to where she where we are now in Virginia. I'm a Florida boy, but I haven't been to the parks since 2004. Oh, would wow. you say it's feasible to do all or most of the must-dos and sees at all four parks in five days. I'm planning for a summer or fall <laughs> trip with the hopes of throwing Blizzard Beach into the wow into the mix as well, but I'm not sure that's going to fit. The biggest attractions we're trying to fit in are Splash, Haunted Mansion, uh, as even without having been on the ride, she has a lot of dear history with these characters and loves the concepts. Followed by Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, Rise of the Resistance, and Expedition Everest. If there has to be cuts to fit as much as possible, what are some of the immediate things you could think of and personally recommend skipping out on? I'm a bit on the fence about Peter Pan. Get off that fence and get on Peter Pan, as I'm not sure the weight outweighs the experience her first time. Um, Marciano, I I think I love this. I love the fact that it's going to be new for her and really new for you because... So many years have gone by, but in terms of the feasibility of doing most of the must-dos and sees at all four parks in five days, the answer now is absolutely yes. I'm going to throw in the recovering attorney asterisk in there as well. Obviously, depending on when you go, the crowds (laughs) are going to help dictate, but look, I think this is where you have to weigh, and we've talked about this when it was first announced, you have to weigh the value of Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes, because that is going to be the way that you are going to be able to do all of the things that you want to do in a relatively in a relatively limited amount of time without having to sacrifice not being able to see one. It doesn't sound like you get here as often as you would like, so you really want to try and maximize the time that you're here. Becky, I, you know, tell me if you agree or disagree. If you are investing the time and the resources to come to Disney for those five days, you want to make this a very special trip. This is where things like Genie Plus and Lightning Lane really, I think, do pay dividends. Yeah, it definitely does help because you're going to be able to make those Lightning Lane selections. It 
of course, it does cost money to be able to do that, but it is an investment if you're trying to balance that time. Um, the the thing we always tell people, and I'm kind of running this around in my brain, is that even in 10 days at Disney World, you're not going to be able to see and do everything on one 10-day visit. So you do kind of have to prioritize. Um, look at each park. Decide on two or three things that are absolutely must-dos in each park, and then anything beyond those three must-dos that you you have the time to be able to experience uh, is going to be then um, icing on the cake, right? So there's going to be some places on lightning lanes that you're not going to be able to easily grab because they might not be available for you, but it at least gives you a an advantage, uh, so you know that you're not going to be standing in the standby lanes of every single attraction you're trying to get into. But it, it, you're looking at August too. It's still high season. There's still a lot of crowds that are in the parks. And I think even high season is going to be a new thing for us over the next few weeks, especially when we get into fall where we think that it's going to, um, the crowds are going to die down. I don't think we're going to see that as much as we normally do. But utilizing the tools that are in the toolbox, like uh, the individual lightning lanes or picking Genie Plus so you can pick the lightning lanes is definitely going to be something that you will want to take advantage of. Yeah. And and this, uh, again, to Marciano, is you either A, and I think planning is part of the fun, right? So if you right. are a self-planner, you obviously... <laughs> Planning is now longer sort of an option going to Disney World, right? It is, it is a requirement. Um, mm-hmm. It has become, in in some regards, it's become more complicated, sometimes more confusing, but it also could be more fun because your planning starts so far out. It sort of gets you excited and hyped up, hyped up for it. If that's not your thing, if it's sort of like, wait, this is overwhelming, I'm not saying a cushy's here. But it is where, like, the services of a travel advisor like Mouseman <laughs> Travel can help you through and help you to navigate all of those things. I do suggest, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this half jokingly, like, I do suggest sort of sitting down and familiarizing yourself with how the Disney, uh, the Walt Disney World app runs. How does it, how does the Genie Plus process work? Because now it's not something you're doing well in advance. It's a day of things. So there's a lot that goes into it, sleeping late is no longer an option on your no, vacation. <laughs> if you want to ride things, you can sleep on uh, on the flight home. But planning ahead of time and, and looking to invest in Genie Plus and or Lightning Lanes, I think is going and, to be your best bet. Yeah, and managing your expectations, I think is really important too. In this scenario, especially if you haven't been there since 2004, things have changed dramatically <laughs> since 2004. So the planning part is really important, prioritizing so you know what you absolutely have to do, what you really want to show off to your girlfriend so that she will um, say that you have to return again. Uh, you want to make sure that you've got all of those T's crossed and I's dotted. Becky, I'm going to move on, not just because we want to get as many as possible, but I may. this may be the most important question we've ever answered on the show. It's got to be about food. Obviously, Ed Kennedy writes, <laughs> I'm kidding. I just saw the words light lunch and I, I was like, oh, I need to answer this one. Ed Kennedy <laughs> says, hey, Lou, my wife, her mother and I will be at Animal Kingdom and due to park hour adjustments, etc., we have dinner reservations at Yak and Yeti rather early, about 4.30 p.m., also known as the Blue Plate Special. Since we'll be having dinner so early, <laughs> can you suggest a place to have a light lunch about noon? I'm thinking of quick service where we might get chicken nuggies and a pineapple stick that we can eat while standing up. Ed. Ed, this question is right in my wheelhouse because look at me. I love to eat and I love to snack and Animal Kingdom has some of the best quick snacking options anywhere in Animal Kingdom. So, okay, in no particular order, like if you jump over to Harambe Market, they've got, um, check the menu, subject to change without notice. They have... um, uh, beef and lamb and and like chicken heroes they have a chicken bowl they used to have a curry sausage which my son still cries about uh flame tree is another great place to get a little sort of barbecue snack yak and yeti not the sit down the local food cafe off to the side the i I mean yes you can sort of get uh, they have a um, a great sesame chicken and fried rice grab a couple of egg rolls and go across the way and get a one of the different um I don't remember the name of the tea cart, but there's a like a joy of tea tea cart there. 
If you go to Dino Land in Trilobites, they have um, buffalo chicken chips. They're like house-made, like um, thick-cut potato chips with like buffalo chicken on top. It's an easy walk and grab. And and yes, if you have to share, you can share it too. Um, I'll I'll give you the secret um, and possibly one of, if not, I need to do, somebody write this down. Top 10 snacks in Disney's <laughs> Animal Kingdom. No, because you'll kill them off. I hope not. I'm not, well, I won't do the video because the video is what killed them. Okay, but gotcha. over at Mr. Kamal's, which is in between Africa and Asia, they have, um, they have hummus and pita, but they have Mr. Kamal's seasoned fries, which are amazing. They have these uh, different dipping sauces, including like a, um, like a, a saffron aioli and a honey kimchi ketchup, which are amazing. And they have dumplings. Uh, they used to have samosas. I think they have dumplings now. So the very long answer to your very short question is there are a lot of different places throughout Animal Kingdom. Depending, yeah. on, I didn't even I didn't even get over to, to Pandora yet. But see, that's what I was going for. Thinking about the cheeseburger steamed pods, the bowel buns over there. If you just go up to Satuli Cantina and just grab one of those, that's a I great snack. Say Satuli is because he said light lunch. So I was thinking maybe he wants them like quick and on the move. And if he does it really well, he can have a light lunch in multiple places, like instead of doing the full-blown sit-down. Lunch around the Animal Kingdom. Pretty much. Yum. It and then sounds uh, like that could be a live oh, geez, here we go. a live <laughs> lunching around. As somebody, I need to write this one down, too. <laughs> that's that's actually not a bad idea. It's, you know, July. Why don't we try that? That'd yeah, be Becky absolutely fantastic. That. Becky, I'm going to make you <laughs> walk around Animal Kingdom in July and not sit down at a restaurant. And You're I want to see try to kill me on Becky freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> four minutes. We got four minutes on the on the clock. So place your bets now. All right, moving on, and I'll tell you why I picked this one out. Because Nicholas says, "Hey Lou," and the always fantastic Becky. Yay! Yikes! I, I like started Nicholas. listening to your podcast when I was working Yikes. in New Zealand, and have followed your show wow. ever since. Thank you. That's I now good. reside. Wow, from New Ze- from New Zealand to the far less exotic Secaucus, New Jersey. So, <laughs> greetings from your bagel-loving brethren. Um, he says, I have a an Easter egg-related question. I have yet to visit Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, but I'm planning to next year. I was wondering, are there any known hidden nods to its former occupants, Backlot Express, Lights, Motors, Action, Streets of America, or the Earful Tower, perhaps? Searching for imaginary nods has become an attraction within itself when I visit the parks, so I was wondering... If you've stumbled upon any Easter eggs related to this specific area and these former attractions, be well and thank you for what you do. Thank you, Nicholas. And now you have me craving a bagel. Nicholas, you are speaking my language and surprising it does not involve food because other than hunting for some of the best sit down and and snacky treats in the parks. I love, love, love Easter eggs. It's the trivia. It's the nerdiness that got me started on this incredible gene journey there are not one not two there are dozens and dozens and dozens of easter eggs inside star wars galaxy's edge so much so that it was actually the topic of a recent ww radio nation scavenger hunt that i shared i think just a few weeks ago becky i'm sure you've taken that hunt with you to the parks because you are a nation member of which i appreciate absolutely (laughs) But I, I, I will give you a few. And, and you mentioned specifically Lights, Motors, Action. So if you go to the Black Spire Outpost Marketplace, um, if, you, if you're walking through and the restrooms are on your left-hand side and you're sort of walking towards Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, you'll see there's a display of three small different uh, speeder bikes and sort of land speeder type vehicles. And if you look on the side of the green bike in the middle, you're going to find some letters written in, in Arabesh that are L-M-A, Lights, Motors, Action. There, But again, we could do an entire, wait a minute, top 10, East, somebody write this down, top 10 Easter eggs <laughs> in Star Wars Galaxy. Wait a minute, maybe I'll do a video. I, oh, okay. that would be fun. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing too, Becky, is the one thing that's that's the blessing and the curse of the Disney parks, and, and as somebody who has 
started off and continues to write books about him is the wonderful thing about Disney is that it is, it is ever-changing, right? And if you want to frustrate yourself, try writing a trivia book about Disney World because by the time it gets through the editing and publishing process, three quarters of it are probably out of date because it, it is such a dynamic place. One of the Easter eggs that I'm so sad is gone was over in Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities, which is just full of amazing Star Wars references. But some of the references go outside the Star Wars universe. Maybe that's why this one was removed. Because if you looked up in the the rafters, sort of on the opposite side of... of so when you If you walk in, go to the center of the room, turn around and look up in the rafters, there's a, a literal and figurative treasure trove. At one point, there was the Ark of the Covenant from Indiana Jones in there. I didn't for know Raiders that. of Lost Ark. Cool. Becky, Raiders they of took Lost it Ark was this wow. adventure set in Well, well you can watch it on a plane right. one day. Um yeah. but there are there's there's some amazing, amazing Easter eggs. Uh, if you're a member of the nation, go check and you can see you'll you'll find it in your scavenger hunt. And if not, like I said, maybe we'll do a show about top ten Easter eggs in But they Star took it out, Disney's huh? Edge. It is, it's gone. Oh, that's Which a is incredibly frustrating because you're like, oh, come on, I want to show you something really cool. And you get there and I'm like, I swear, the Ark of the Covenant was there <laughs> like a week ago. And they're like, okay, Mangello, maybe you should stop snacking so much. All right, moving on to uh, Stephanie's question. He says, hey, Lou, and hopefully Becky, as a fellow oh, New Jerseyan and Disney fan, I've been trying to catch up on all your past episodes, currently all the way back to episode 380. Thank you very much. Recently, uh, I'm slowly but surely becoming, might I say, a runner, running every day and starting to enjoy it. Excuse me. The more and more I listen to the running team episodes, I get the itch to try a run Disney event. Speaking of which, we're going to do an updated run Disney running team episode very soon because nobody has more fun than us. I've done a half marathon once before, three-ish years ago, and I thought I'd never run again. At the time, I didn't take the training seriously and I hardly ran. I've done so many 5Ks at least once a year. Since then, I tore my ACL, ouch, ouch, which has resulted in running as part of my PT. Now I run every day, finding inspiration from Deanna and Lisa. My question is, for someone who has done many 5Ks and one and a half, and for someone who's done many 5Ks and one half, do you think a full marathon is possible or should I just stick with a half? I'm hoping that by the time I hit 30, currently 27, I can participate in a run Disney event. Fingers crossed in person, just trying to pick between the half or the full. Many thanks for all the fantastic reviews, constantly making me hungry at work and bringing out the good. Stephanie Bagnusi from Cranford, New Jersey. I How's New Jersey Marshall. today? I There's a lot of Jersey. I actually I grew up in Plainfield. I studied martial arts. Stephanie on North Avenue in Cranford, like right down the street. Anyway... Uh, you studied martial arts? I guess we got to get into that later. Go ahead. Yeah, so for years. Long, long time. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so you've done a ton of 5Ks. You've done the half. Should you stick with the half? Listen, I think, and I think anybody who is a runner would probably tell you that if you've done the half, you can do the full. And a lot of people talk about sort of the half is almost a training run for the full marathon. And I think especially at Walt Disney World, the energy, the excitement, the characters, the music, all those things make the full so much more accessible than I think you would find it elsewhere. Again, I think the runners could speak to this more, which is why we'll, we'll do another running team show. Uh, and I think, too, and this is a selfless but shameless plug, I think coming and maybe being part of a running team, like we have the WW Radio running team, having that support from other members, not just day of the race but the support and the encouragement and the training help as you start to lead up to it and then having that energy from the team who literally is with you all along the way will help get you through some of those potentially tough miles along the way as well yeah the camaraderie between people on the team is amazing to me and he's he's asking i think the wrong two people that question when it comes to running and so forth but we're there as much as we can be um on the cheering side of it i've done a five and a ten and i stopped there because you know that's me but i've watched in in, in, in complete awe 
of these folks who start on a five and they go to a 10 all of a sudden they're doing a half. And then it's just, I'm training for the full. And then all of a sudden they're doing the, the dopey and the goofy. And I am just in complete awe of those folks that can really dedicate themselves and they love running. You, you just get that piece where either you get into it and you love it and your body craves running and you, um, you know, connect with people and connect with these races Sadly, I didn't get to that point. I am connecting to the cheering, though. I'm very Listen, much into do, that side of it. We do our part by being the cheering. And to be clear, my answer was based on only conversations that I've had with people who are on yeah. the running team. And I think if you do join the running team, they would be able to help and guide you. Yeah, I was just going to say really quickly is that how that running team supports each other is so amazing. Where somebody isn't quite sure, you've got other people on the team who might be at your uh, at your running level. Maybe some people who are a little bit ahead, but they can encourage you and help you um, make it through that race. I think that running or, or joining one of the teams, especially WDW Radio, would be a fantastic move to make that next jump to uh, a larger race. Absolutely. And again, you can find out more by visiting wdwradio.com slash running or just go to www.wdwrun.com. All right, moving on, because I said I wanted to go super fast and catch as many as we can. Aaron Schistler says, I'm planning a two-week trip to Walt Disney World. My group is going to have two days where we're not going to the parks. I want one of those days to be a resort day. How much time do you think it would take the average family to see everything in Disney Springs that they're interested in? Thank you. So, Aaron, uh, I love this. I think Disney Springs is the fifth park. It's a little difficult to answer because you talk about doing the things that they are interested in. And the one thing about all of Walt Disney World and even Disney Springs is there's a little something for everybody. And, you know, doing things that you're interested in, is it doing things that you just want to see? Is it, you know, seeing or eating are two very different questions. <laughs> but I think that you really can take, and and I know a lot of people do, they'll almost sort of allocate a full day or three quarters of a day. Maybe you take a slow morning at the resort, you go and have some lunch, you go to the pool, and then you spend the rest of the day. Look, I think that you can do a quick service meal, a sit-down meal, do a little shopping, have a snack, go see Cirque du Soleil without question, and then do a late-night bite. So you really can take a, a, a more than just a half a day at Disney Springs very leisurely, enjoying a lot of the entertainment, the food, the music, the shows, etc. Yeah, but you also don't forget you have things like the the vintage cars that are over there by the boathouse that you can go out and um, and enjoy that experience. I loved that. Uh, you can even go bowling at Splitsville, which, by the way, I think Splitsville is the hidden gem of food in all of Disney Springs. Don't I know it's just between you nuts. It's just. Just between you and I, the other thing I've never done, but every time I look at it, I want to do it is the balloon where you go and, and raise up and, and you can, the balloon? I've never done the balloon. Oh, no, you and I, I, I know there's a ton of things to do there. So there's, you know, great eating, there's great drinking, there's shopping, there's all these, these experiences, there's shows, there's entertainment. You want to go to a movie, it's there too. And you can wait in line for a chocolate chip cookie too, from what <laughs> I finally did. And I understand why people now wait in line it's, for them. It's a real thing. Oh, and then a you can spend, and yeah, you can spend an entire day just at Disney Springs for and, sure. And I have. I yeah. have. As a local, I spend more time in Springs than I do in the parks, and that is not a joke. All right, moving on. Um, this one I saw is is perfectly time-sensitive and appropriate. Ben Marsh says, Lou, do you think you could do a show about the American Adventure and the Hall of Presidents for July 4th? It's one of my favorite shows to see at Magic Kingdom and Epcot. I love our nation's history. I'm a huge USA history fan. I learned the presidents in order at an early age and have always loved Abraham Lincoln, just like Walt. Lincoln is my favorite president. I also learned the Gettysburg Address at an early wow. age, too. I dig this Ben Marsh as we're recording this. July 4th is just a couple of weeks away. Um, I think this is a great idea. Actually, a number of years ago, I did a show about the Hall of Presidents uh, with a friend of mine, Kristen Helmstetter, who was writing her, who wrote at the time her honors thesis on the attraction and she joined me to talk about the history and the story and the change and importance this goes back becky to show 90 no like, way <laughs> 2008 in wow. october of 2008 i don't know how that was 12 years ago 
but it's also appropriate because Ben, stay tuned, and all of you stay tuned, for a special show recording for next week. If you love America, I hope that I think that you're going to love this show too. Nice tease there. Any other, any other, you know, little hints you want to give us? That's only because you're listening. I'm not going to give any other hints, but (laughs) it's, it's a, it's a show about all countries, but mostly America, America. Got it. Um, All right. A couple of quick ones just to round things out. Hey Lou, I was listening to show number 295 top 10 audio animatronics. And the reason why they haven't been able to fix the Yeti. Were they able to fix it last year when the park was closed? It would have been a perfect time. P.S. I live two minutes from a drive through, from Cafe Du Monde. Not that it has anything to do with my email. Just wanted yes. to throw in some food and make me jealous. Mike yeah. P. from Kenner, Louisiana. So, Mike, you're right. And we, I think a lot of us were talking about how the opportunity from adversity with the pandemic shutting the parks down for an unfortunate length of time would allow them to... And they did do a lot of maintenance and attractions and do some upgrades. The problem with the Yeti, and I think we talked about it on the show, is because the the Yeti framework is literally built into the mountain structure itself because the force that is needed to move and swing that massive arm is the same as the propulsion from a jet engine. The problem The problem is not just the time. The problem is the popularity. And what I mean by that is the time it will take to take down this attraction and what it will entail will necessitate the attraction being down for an extensive period of time. And you have to think about it from the guest perspective. While, yes, we want to see the Yeti back to his full motion, one, a lot of guests don't know what they don't know, right? They've never seen him move, so they don't know that he was supposed to. But imagine if you go to the parks, and this is still, I think, for a lot of people, the signature attraction at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yes, Flight of Passage, I, I, I'm looking at you too. Think about the disappointment for guests that wouldn't be able to see this signature attraction. It, it's part of the reason why, other than, again, the parks are, are too very different. It's why, one of the reasons why, you won't see things like Haunted Mansion go down for an overlay because when you come to Walt Disney World and this is your one vacation in five to seven years, which is when the average family comes, imagine the disappointment if Haunted Mansion is down. Imagine that similar disappointment if Expedition Everest is down as well. Yeah, I can understand why people want to see it, though, and and how it was the, the story as it was being told at the very beginning, right? But there is those pros and cons of bringing something down like they do over at Disneyland where they take Haunted Mansion down and they do the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Halloween overlay. And yeah, it causes a lot of disappointment for, for people who visit. And Disney World's a little bit different than Disneyland, clearly, because most people are going there for vacation. So not having something available to them would be a disappointment. But I can see both sides. This is where the Libra in me completely yeah. comes out because I can sides pretty easily and i would love to see the eddie back how it was intended how it was imagineered um maybe someday we'll get it who knows it's incredibly impressive to see as it happens because you think that that hand it comes so close to your vehicle you almost want to like shrink you know like you're on space mountain sometimes you sort of (laughs) shrink your head down a little bit more because you're afraid that you're gonna hit it's that same way and it's it's an incredibly impressive feat and it is it's disappointing that we don't get to see it but it would be disappointing if that attraction had to go down for 18 months two years yeah you're not not talking about a two-week refurbishment time you're talking about a, a very very long period of time yep that's true All right, two more quick questions. Uh, Hey, Lou and Becky, exclamation point, Becky, not even a question mark this time. I am working my way through past episodes. Recently listened to the trip recap of your ABD through Hollywood and Disneyland. Another great class from the past. My desire to visit these places multiplied exponentially when I listened, as do all of my travel desires with every episode. But this one continues to have me obsessed. I know you're always working on new events for us, but is there a chance 
So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> is there a chance this trip adventure may happen again soon? I want to do something special and treat myself, but I have this fear that as soon as I plan something, this is going to resurface. A girl can only save so fast. I need a trip to my version of Paradise Falls. Thank you. I look forward to more, more edutainment every week. Hope to meet you both soon. Rebecca Chestnut. Rebecca, Becky, I'm going to tune. I'm going to turn off your mic for a second. All I'm going to say <laughs> without saying anything is that, yes, we are looking to do this again. At the time, it was called Backstage Magic. Uh, it is now called, what's it called? What is the, the it's Southern called, California the Adventure. Southern California Adventure. Um, time is our enemy, too, because we have so many things that we are discussing as well as so many things on my whiteboard that I still haven't even brought up to Becky Told me yet, about mm-hmm. trying to fit those puzzle pieces in. Um, we are looking to do it. it. It's, it's, I can tell you it's not going to happen in 2022. I'm not saying anything about 2023, but um, we'll try and have an announcement of a date very soon. Becky's giving me to look like Mangello. Stop yes. talking. Because this is where you start to blow it and start leaking out dates that we can't necessarily deliver. Exactly. And this one in particular, there are some challenges with Southern California. They're they're reimagining it a little bit. And we're kind of waiting to see what the uh, new itineraries are going to be for 2023 and how they're going to um, incorporate some of the things that we loved so much about that tour and then what new things are going to bring to the tour. So I think as soon as we get a handle on what's going to be included and maybe what kind of extra magic things that we can come up with, which when we do a group specifically for just us, we like to add something a little magical. So a lot goes into planning these trips. And as soon as we know what we can do and where we can shoehorn it, I know as soon as we can shoehorn it into the, uh, into the schedule too, because we've got a lot going on for next year. We already have two ABDs next year. And the thing I have, and I'm looking at something specifically on the board. It's, uh, I'm going to move forward. Um, I'm totally, I need to come see the board. Also, I, uh, always check year. the events page at www.radio.com slash events, as well as the events tab on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash radio for the latest updates. All right, last question. I saw this one. There was two words that were not food related that uh, jumped out at me. He said, Lou, I'm looking for a top shelf primer on Marvel Comics. Podcast, YouTube, doesn't matter. Can you or somebody at WW Radio help me and my son with this? And that comes from Derek Murata. Derek, I love this because, again, with the you know bringing of Marvel into the Disney fold, uh, it just it really has embraced all the things that I love, and more importantly, the thing that I grew up with. Now you don't talk about how old your son is here. So that, that throws a little bit of an unknown into the equation, but I'll try and be as, as broad as I can. If you look, if you're, and I don't know sort of if you're coming from, Hey, we love the MCU. We want to start reading comics or we want to start reading comics so we can understand the MCU. What I would do is I would start with the movies, right? I would, I would fire up your Disney plus or sign up for Disney plus. It still is one of the best streaming deals in town bundle it with hulu because you get all the great best stuff i would start with the movies and even if you just start going through the catalog and seeing what or who in the mcu is of interest to you then look to the disney plus tv shows what i love about disney plus is there's just there's always something coming like there's always one right after another and i think now with the introduction of Moon Knight, especially most mm-hmm. recently, the introduction of Ms. Marvel, there really is a character and sort of a, a genre for everyone, whether maybe you are a young girl that's looking to identify with, with that girl that goes to high school with you to be your character, or you want something on the more street level or the more galactic level, there's something for you. You have to find out who or what interests you. I also think, and this is something that I did and continue to do with my son, and we've done over the years, and it really has sort of grown to something that we love doing and building together, is you got to go old school, man. And what I mean by that is go to your local comic book store. Um, comic book stores, especially over the past number of years, have really sort of taken a hit, but many of them have been able to survive because of the passionate comic book fans and collectors. And I still think that there is nothing like 
walking into the comic book store and just seeing thousands and thousands of issues going back, you know, to the Bronze Age and even some of the most recent stuff and picking up that um, we're, we're a tactile people you pick up that thing and you hold it in your hand and the smell of a comic book page still isn't lost but being able to browse through those shelves or even talk to the comic book store owners go to some of your local comic book conventions those are a ton of fun check your facebook event page eventbrite uh, there's an app called fan guru which is um, free and it'll show you local events in your area another thing you could do too Again, I know, I acknowledge, um, you know, my relatively old man in the roomness. I still believe you start with the legends and you start with the classics. Like maybe you go back to the early Steve Ditko and Stan Lee, Amazing Spider-Man. The Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, Fantastic Four, especially because you know that the movie is going to be coming out soon. Start to read the characters either that you're familiar with or maybe even pick an event to start off with. So I know a lot of people, Becky, got into comics because of Infinity War. Like, and then the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Saga was a great place to start. As we know, things like Secret Wars and Secret Invasion are coming up on Disney+. Plus. You're going to be ahead of the game. So say, all right, I know that She-Hulk, Secret Invasion, Armor Wars, you know, Echo... Uh, Agatha Harkness, Spider-Man freshman year are coming. These are great comics to sort of establish my basis, my framework, and my fandom in. And then I'm ready for those series when they come out. All of a sudden, now you're the expert in the room. Go back and read Daredevil. Like, Daredevil is an amazing character. Depending how old your son is, you he might not be ready to watch the Netflix Daredevil <laughs> that was ported over. I will tell you, though, Daredevil is some of, if not arguably, the best Marvel Comics adaptation on TV ever. It's not for the kiddies, but it is remarkably good, and I'm thrilled beyond belief that Disney Plus is going to have what really is going to be a fourth season of an extension of the Netflix Daredevil series. But there are lots of different ways to start in the comic genre. The other thing, too is to just go right to your phone and download Marvel Unlimited. Um, there's also a Marvel Comics app that oftentimes will have free comics that will help you get introduced. They sort of will release some that will um, prepare you for some of the upcoming releases that are coming to the theaters or to Disney+. Plus. But you can also subscribe and literally have access to everything. I mean, tens of thousands of comics in the library and sort of start to feel your way around and pick and choose the, the types of characters or the locations or whatever it might be that interests you and your son. And again, not knowing the ages. I love the fact and hope that this is something that the two of you, and you can apply that to father, son, mother, daughter, brother, sister, whatever it might be. That's one thing that comics, I think, really allow you to do is enjoy the journey and the stories together. I just watched you turn into a 13 year old. You totally just got all animated and you started getting all giddy. And that was amazing to watch. Um, for me, I was, I, I had comic books when I was a kid and I kind of got into it, but clearly when Disney bought Marvel, we're getting into a realm of Marvel fandom that I did not wade into whatsoever. So another resource is I turned to YouTube and there are a couple of uh, really good YouTubers out there who know their Marvel from one side to another. And for example, I had never heard of Moon Knight, so I wanted to get a little bit of a primer to understand uh, what we would be seeing when the uh, when the series came out. I turned to one of the YouTubers that I watch quite often for that type of history. At least I got a little bit of knowledge so that when the uh, when the series came out, I completely understood kind of what I was watching. I knew the story, but as you all know, for those of you who's watched it. It, it took a little bit to understand where the story was going, but um, that's another resource as well. Yeah. And I think starting with, you know, it, the easiest way to get introduced to the comics is through the movies and through the Disney plus TV shows. 
Uh, I agree with you. There's some amazing um, content creators out there. I, I, I have no problem sharing. I love new rock stars. That's the one I watch. Eric Voss yeah. Is He's amazing. And I want to meet him. We need to meet him. Crush with Ryan Airy. um, Also very, very, very good. Incredibly thorough and detailed and really gives you an amazing, not just framework, but great working knowledge of the characters, the stories, where they came from, and then potentially where they're going. Uh, If you, listener, my friend, has either a comic book suggestion, a comic book resource, you can share that. In the clubhouse over at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. That is our fun, friendly, family friendly, and oh so incredibly welcoming and amazing, beautiful community over on Facebook. Uh, I invite you to come be part of the community and conversation there. If you have a question that you'd like Becky and I to answer on an upcoming show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. And if you want to join us on any of our adventures or create your own adventure, it's like it's like one of those choose your own adventures. You can choose to go with Mouse Fan Travel and visit them at mousefantravel.com and get connected with one of their true superheroes um, and travel advisors who can help you plan your next magical vacation to whatever destination you so choose. And Becky Mankin, who is your overall number one favorite Marvel superhero ever? Oh man, you can't do that from to me because there's so many. Because I clearly have the thing. Thor. (laughs) All right, Thor. And I had to make. I like Captain Marvel too. I love Captain Marvel. Identify with right. What character do you think you identify with? What Marvel character do you identify with most? (laughs) I have my own answers for this. And why? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you answer that one first? Because okay. when you say identify with it, I could take that all kinds so of directions. So I identify so. with Peter Parker because he was that nerdy, awkward high school kid that didn't have a lot of friends, but I think has a good heart um, and and wants to do the right thing. And I'm also going to mix. I, I am the part of the reason why I was so animated about Daredevil is because of Daredevil. Um, I am Daredevil. I am a recovering attorney who is Catholic. <laughs> I'm blind as a bat. <laughs> and my family accuses me of having supersonic hearing because like I hear everything. Um, but scary. Too, he's a street level hero and it's, it's his moral compass is really what drives both of these characters is, is it's more about Matt Murdock and Peter Parker than it is about Daredevil and Spider-Man, if that makes any sense. Oh my gosh, you very much identify with with the people under the mask. You have totally thought that through. <laughs> you have sat down at one point or another. You sat down and really thought that through. I I could sit here and you know, Captain Marvel is a big one for me because the strong woman, the told she couldn't do what she wanted to do. Um, yeah, that was a big one for me, and I know that a lot of people didn't like the movie personally i did because i did identify with her story a little bit not that i've been sent to an alien planet or anything but (laughs) from her um from her life on earth beforehand and and that connection with her friends and that part was kind of important interesting i'll have to actually think about that a little bit more i I do think rocket is my spirit animal for many reasons um i'm not going to go into that here (laughs) but that is is kind of an important piece to me as well um i'm sure that i could come up with a much better answer if i sat and really thought it through because the neat thing about marvel is that there are characters that almost everybody on the planet can identify with in some way, shape, or form, and uh, and I love that. Um, I love the storytelling. You know, it's interesting as we think about as I, you know you talk about sort of identifying with strong female characters. I yeah. am very very curious to see. I wish I could sit down with you the first time you watch Thor: Love and Thunder. Because Jane Foster um, and I'm waiting for that going to be going in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But again, if you, you know, there's there's a lot of other characters who have not made it on screen as yet. You want to talk about a powerful character? Get ready for She-Hulk. Like she, is, yeah, she is a strong. That looks character. like it's gonna be amazing. 
You know, the other thing too, I want to. She's big and green, but I would actually love more of a backstory of Maria Hill. I think that she has quite the again that that strong female character, intelligent, um, steps in where she needs to step in. I think that there's a lot of story to be told there, and I hope someone call your buddy there, text him. I don't care. That I think we need to see more of her. I I would be. You know what? I'm going to post a question in the clubhouse. What Marvel character? <laughs> is Becky? Oh no! no. Like? <laughs> I thought you meant David. Wow! No, that's is Becky most like? Is she more Jean Grey? Is she a little more? Wow! Rude? Is she a little Hella? <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh, hey! Listen, I'm just. You're gonna have you. Know, you you're typing the question right now. As, as you, <laughs> you you this would make you this would make your day. I think the answers would absolutely make your day. Well, I can see that right there, now. There are a ton of and I, and we are certainly we know that we are going to see them. Um, in not just uh, again, sort of going back to the question about the comics, but we're going to see them on the big screen as well as on. And you do know that screen. I'm going to be there when Love and Thunder goes. So we may have to sit you together and watch the movie. Did you yeah. ever watch Jessica Jones on? Netflix I did. Or now I did. I like Jessica Jones. I, of course, it's a little bit more adult than it's, it's more more along the Deadpool lines that I love so much. Um, but yeah, I, I did like that series Becky Mankin Squirrel Girl all right moving anyway what? that is going to do it for <laughs> this um, I got to look that one up look into oh no I'm so scared right now she's coming get Squirrel Girl is on her way so get your fuzzy little tail ready ready cuz she's she is coming so <laughs> if you have a question like I said email me lou at www.radio.com Becky Mankin thank you so very much I will see you uh, in line for popcorn in, in, a, in a couple of weeks. So excited. It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details and what you see, hear, or remember. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by you. And I mean that because as part of the WW Radio Nation, you literally help bring every episode of WW Radio to life, every live broadcast, the contests, the giveaways. They're all not just thanks to you, but by, for, with, and about you. You can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar per month and get cool exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, trivia quests, take part in our group video calls, get access to our private Facebook group. There's also shirts and stickers and monthly care packages from the parks and much more. And I love it because it's not just a way for me to give back to you and spend more time doing things with you. But don't forget that a portion of your contribution goes to our Dream Team project that benefits the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America because of and thanks to you. We've raised more than $550,000 for Make-A-Wish Foundation of America to send children with life-threatening illnesses and their families to Walt Disney World. I want to thank some new and longtime members of the nation, including Ben Burke, Mary Locker, Gina DeBruno, L. Cook, and Renetta Jones. If you want to find out how you can help the show, you can visit www.radio.com support. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week I was talking about my love of celebrity cameos in Disney attractions, especially ones that are least expected. And we've seen and heard everyone from Bill Nye the Science Guy to Martin Short, Tim Curry, Saturday Night Live alumni, Jeremy Irons, and some modern celebrity cameos as well, including Dancing with the Stars host Tyra Banks. I don't watch Dancing with the Stars, but I know she's one of the hosts. And the question was to tell me, Where or at one point could you once find Tyra Banks in a Walt Disney World attraction? Thanks to so many of you who answered, got this one correct, and knew that the answer was the extraterrestrial alien encounter. And if you remember in the pre-show, you could hear Tyra Banks. If you actually go back to show 613, I share my top 10 celebrity cameos in Walt Disney World. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a WW Radio pin, keychain, and a bonus mystery prize. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Colleen Masterson. So, Colleen, congratulations. 
I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. Thinking about some of the celebrity cameos got me to thinking about some of the voices behind the attractions in the parks, and one of my favorites is the legendary Paul Frees. He is not just the voice of the ghost host in the Haunted Mansion, but he also voiced what other Walt Disney World attraction character? You have until Sunday, June 19th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. Again, you're going to play for the pin, the keychain, and a bonus mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please come be part of the community and conversation over in the WW Radio Clubhouse at Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. You can also connect with me elsewhere on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Please be sure to like the WW Radio page on Facebook and turn on notifications and join us every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live where we talk and walk and ride from the parks or from the home studio. I share my top five live or Disney Plus pick of the week, interactive trivia contests. We discuss this week's podcast, your questions, and so much more. Again, every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.radiolive.com. And again, turn on notifications so you don't miss when I go live other times from the parks and a few other destinations coming up as well. And I'd love for you to come and be part of the fun. Visit our events page at www.radio.com slash events. Thanks to everybody who came out to Pizza Rizzo for our meet of the month. Our July's meet of the month in Walt Disney World will likely be the last weekend right before our cruise on the Disney Wish. You can also find out about other group cruises. We still have a couple of spots left for our Adventures by Disney to Wyoming. We're taking waitlist names for our Adventures by Disney to Italy. And we have lots more coming up, so stay tuned. Please visit LouMangelo.com. I'd love to be able to help you turn what you love into what you do or to come to speak at your event, conference, or school. I can help you by working with you one-on-one in a single or series of group calls. Join our weekly mastermind group. I still have two spots left for our Tuesday, Tuesday evening weekly mastermind group, my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World. Tickets are now on sale for our event this October. You can find out more by visiting LouMangelo.com. And as always, my friend, and I mean it because you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word, tell a friend, invite them to listen and subscribe. And please take just a couple of seconds to rate the show over in Spotify or at Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review the show. Those are incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Jay Dusenberry, who says that the show is a welcome distraction. He says, I'm not normally a fan of longer podcasts, but this is by far one of my favorite podcasts to listen to while walking in the morning. My favorites are the conversations Lou has with both current and former Imagineers. There's so much that can be learned and applied no matter what you do, and I'm a pastor. I need something like this to refocus me from the negativity, tension, and divisiveness of our politically charged culture. By the way, we're alumni of Give Kids the World. And appreciate all that you do, actually all that we do, for those families and one of the most frightening times of their lives. Keep up the good work by keeping us focused on choosing the good. Thank you, Jay Dusenberry, and thank you for being part of the show and the community and my extended family. I am incredibly, incredibly grateful to you and for you. If there's something that I can do to help you, please let me know. And again, all I ask in return is that you choose the good and that you be the positive light that you want to see in this world and see in others as well. I look forward to seeing you on the live show this week and right back here on the podcast next week. So until then, I hope it's your best week ever. I love and appreciate you. See ya. Hey, Lou, it's John O'Brien from Connecticut. Uh, We had the pleasure of meeting with you last year at the Swan and Dolphin Food and Wine event. We told you how our podcast, your podcast make our trips quicker down to the Jersey Shore. Uh, last trip, we listened to your episode on Fantasyland, and when we think of Fantasyland, we think of soft-serve ice cream at Storybook Treats, which I believe used to be Mrs. Potts. For us, that is our favorite soft-serve on property, and it usually goes as our lunch at the Magic Kingdom. So we really like Storybook Treats, and Lou, thanks, and we love all your positive reporting, and hope to see you in the parks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Good morning, Lou, and good morning, WDW Radio family. 
This is Victoria Gist from Danbury, Connecticut. It is a beautiful sunny day here in the Northeast as I'm waiting for my train into the city. So I wanted to call in and Lou, you had talked with the audience at Star Wars Celebration about rides and experiences in the parks to live your Star Wars life in reality. And it has always struck me that it would be awesome to have a pod racing ride at one of the parks. And while they might be a little strapped for space at Batu, I think I, I think I figured it out. And it would involve you taking a transport vehicle, sort of like taking a train over to Yankee Stadium, out to the racing sector of Batu. And you are enlisted by some figure, maybe, um, you know, a, a better who needs a driver for his pod. The, the pod racer has you know, absconded in some way, and you have been enlisted in a sort of Radiator Springs Racers test track um, system, but with more of a Tron light cycle, individual rider on a chain, sort of pod racing experience. I think that would just be amazing. You could really do more architecture, and because you're taking a transport off, you can get it um, as much space as you need to really do some awesome pod racing stunts. That is one thing that I think would definitely harness some of the magic of the prequels as diverse of the reactions to them as they are. Um, so, yeah, that's my two cents. I hope everyone's having a fantastic week um, and hope to see you all real soon. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flowertown, Pennsylvania and Alyssa Morrison and Zach Morrison from the <laughs> from the cruise (laughs) so um they're all sitting here with me and we're just reminiscing about things but i'm calling because i just listened to you and becky go through the listener emails and um the secret menu items i find extremely intriguing and i really want to track them all down and our next trip is in december so i really really want to find all the latest ones but I do have one to tell you about that you guys didn't mention, which is not inexpensive, but it is so worth it. And it's the Alebrije Margarita in La Cave de Tequila in the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot. It is a secret menu margarita, and I'm not even going to tell you, but it's a whole presentation, and it's a whole show with lights and smoke, and you should order it and see what happens. But anyway, that's my favorite secret menu item, and I just wanted to call in and talk about that. So I'm waiting for the 2023 summer cruise itinerary to come out, and I'm hoping you guys plan a cruise because that will be my daughter Alyssa's high school graduation present, and I really, really want to do it with you guys. So um, everybody have a great night. Make somebody smile, and we'll talk to you soon. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye.